Man, thank you so much for being marathon runners this morning. You guys are awesome. Um, I promise I won't go along so your fingers are saved. Um, I just want to walk you through what the Bible says. Because no matter what you believe or what I believe, makes no difference. What makes the difference is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, who He is, and how, it operate, how He operates in our lives. It doesn't matter what we believe. What matters is the truth of the Word of God on any issue of life. Amen? Amen. So John chapter 16, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Jesus was going away to the Father. Unless I go away, the advocate or the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When Jesus went to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, he sent the Holy Spirit to be the power and presence of God manifested in this world. Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is in operation in the world and in our lives. When he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, now look at what he does. He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin. Because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the Father. Where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you. Much more than you can bear now. But when he, the Holy, or the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will, re- you, that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit is a powerful, powerful, powerful friend to have. And I say friend because the word... That, that describes him is called paraclete, which is actually one who comes alongside of. He's literally, uh, while he is still God, he comes alongside of us to help us in our walk with God. So when you look at the Holy Spirit, his roles that we just read here in John um, are that he, he comes alongside of us to help guide us, to give us wisdom, to give us stru- instruction, to give us understanding and what to do. When life throws these curveballs at us. He comes alongside us to guide us and walk with us through the issues of life. He also comes alongside us to teach us. You have trouble understanding the word of God when you read it. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate teacher. When he's in operation in your life, the very word of God comes to life. And that's why we we see that he also gives revelation. Have you ever just read the word of God and then suddenly a passage of scripture just comes to life and impacts you in a way that it never has before? That's the Holy Spirit giving revelation to you from the word of God. He does powerful stuff. And what's so important to me is that he will only speak... What he hears from Jesus. There's so many teachings out there that talk about how they, they try to demonize the Holy Spirit and paint him to be something that's demonic um, because we, we don't fully, most people aren't comfortable when he begins to move. We don't understand all of the inner workings. But the Word of God is full of teaching on who he is and what he can do in our lives. Most people are ignorant when it comes to who he is and what he can do in our lives. He only speaks what he hears from Jesus. Now, how can a demonic force be in concert and unity with the very Son of God? 
The enemy is the father of lies. He steals, kills, and destroys. The Holy Spirit's completely different. He speaks only what he hears from Jesus. Um, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 gives us a great example of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. After his suffering, this is Jesus. He presented himself and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God on one occasion while he was eating with them. This happened. You guys keep up with me when I'm reading. Thank you. He gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, when you have heard me, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? The disciples just didn't get it. Jesus is just telling them what's going to happen. And they're still looking for him to restore the kingdom of God on the earth then. And that was never his plan. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times and the dates. The Father is set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. One of the most prolific things that the Holy Spirit does for us is that he, he equips us with power. So he doesn't just come alongside us to teach us and to guide us and, and to give us the very words coming from the heart of Jesus. But he equips us with power. And that word power there in Scripture is amazing because it means supernatural power, miracle-working power. Miracle-working power that God equips us with through the Holy Spirit. And not just power to do amazing things, but we know in other, in other passages of Scripture, like in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, verse 17, he brings power into our lives, but he does that by bringing freedom. It says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When the Holy Spirit is in operation in your life, freedom begins to become a reality in your life. You step out of bondages. You step out of chains to your past and issues that have held on to you for so long. He brings the power of God to destroy every yoke of bondage in our lives personally. Not just on a Sunday morning like we're having here, but at your home, in your living room, the Holy Spirit can destroy every bondage in your life and bring freedom. And bring freedom. Also in Romans 8, he brings freedom in that he helps us to overcome our flesh. It says that by the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. The Holy Spirit is a powerful partner in your walk with God because him in operation in your life gives you the very tools that you need to put to death the temptation, and the desires that war against your spirit. When he's in operation in your life, it's a whole lot easier to serve him. So he comes alongside you. He does all these beautiful things. He guides. He teaches. He speaks to you what Jesus is speaking. He equips us with power. He equips us with the power not just to do the miraculous, but with the power of freedom in our lives. The power to overcome our flesh. And when we begin to step out in that freedom then we begin to see some really beautiful things begin to happen inside of us. Galatians chapter 5, we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit become manifested in our lives. We begin to change from the inside out. Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. All these beautiful things begin to manifest in our lives when the Holy Spirit is in operation in our lives. 
He's a, I mean, he's just a powerful advocate, a powerful counselor, a powerful friend in the spirit. He begins to change us from the inside out. We love in a way we never have before. We operate in, in ways that we never have before. He literally changes us from the inside out. And while he's moving and working in our lives and changing us from the inside out, we become more sensitive to the spirit of God. And he begins to guide and lead us in that power that the Holy Spirit equips us with begins to operate and manifest itself in our lives through the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12, I want to walk through those with you. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes. And it's very important. It's the same Holy Spirit who gives these gifts to us. Different gifts in operation, but the same Spirit that does it. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, supernatural wisdom. When you face a situation where you don't know the solution to it, God can give you the plan and the details on how to handle it instantly by the Holy Spirit's equipping in your life. Not just personally, but corporately. He can give you that wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. That's literally a revelation knowledge or a word of knowledge. We call it where there's something going on in somebody's life and there's no other way you can know that it's happening. But God lets you know and you literally can just read somebody's mail or somebody can tell you exactly down to the last detail what's going on in your life because it's revealed by the Spirit of God. How many of y'all have seen that happen before, had that happen to you? Absolutely. Um, to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. That's called discernment. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. That's what we had happen in the service this morning. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. You realize that it's God's will not for you, just for you to operate in one gift of the Spirit. That same Holy Spirit gives you access to every gift of the Spirit to operate in. You know that, right? All of this stuff that we're reading about, you have access to through the blood of Jesus Christ. This isn't something that we're going to read about, like some storytell approach to the book of Acts, where these people did it then, and it's, it can't really apply to our lives today. No, the same Holy Spirit that moved in their lives can move in your life today. The same power that we see them operating in the book of Acts, we can operate in today. And many of us in here are operating in that power. It wasn't too long ago I prayed with a lady... It was amazing to see what God did. And that's what's important to remember is what God did. God does these things. It has very little to do with us. It's the Holy Spirit working in and through us. This lady had um, a, a very large mass on one of her breasts, showed up in the scan, and she was going back in for a follow-up appointment on that. And she went into the doctor's. She was going to the doctor. She was nervous. So we prayed for her, believed for God to heal she went back in for the follow-up appointment, had another scan, and it was completely gone. In one scan, there's a mass, and the other one is completely gone. And you can't tell me that God doesn't still heal people. And that wasn't too long ago. God is still in the miracle-working business. 
So the important thing to remember, though, is that the Holy Spirit does not exist in our lives for sensationalism. Okay, this is where the church messes it up so many times, guys, is that we, we try to hype up and, and, and present the Holy Spirit as some kind of circus or sideshow or some kind of event, and that was never God's intention at all. The Holy Spirit exists to operate in our lives to equip us with power so that we can be a witness for Jesus. All of that stuff serves as a testimony to the power of Jesus Christ to point people towards Him. Not to have a hyped up service. I'm so sick of hearing people talk about wanting to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the presence of God. You're never going to get deeper in the presence of God ever than when you're out there trying to win people to Jesus Christ. Everything that he does for us in scripture points to the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And equips us to be witnesses to point people to him. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is to come alongside us, to equip us, to teach us, to train us. To speak the very voice of God to us. To, to help us overcome the issues of our lives. To equip us with power so that we can go out and do these things. So that we can point people to Jesus Christ. And not be caught up in the sin that can so easily entangle people. He provides liberty and freedom. So we can impact this world for Jesus Christ. Amen. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a completely separate experience than what happens after salvation. And this is where I feel like we're going in the service today. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I just want to read some few more scriptures to you guys, and we're going to pray. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They seen what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This was a group of believers that had believed in Jesus, had accepted Him as Lord and Savior, and then separate from that, after they had been in the the upper room, praying and waiting, seeking the face of God, He filled all of them with the Holy Spirit, separate from the act of salvation. Also, you'll notice in this, because I know this is one popular teaching, is that they'll say that the Holy Spirit's dispensation we see in the book of Acts was just for the apostles. And God poured into the apostles to do the miracles and the signs and wonders, but not anybody else. But it says that everyone who was in that upper room got filled with the Holy Spirit. There was more than 12 people up there. There was, there was 120 up there that God initially filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know through Scripture, we're about to read some of them. A whole lot of other people were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So it's a separate act. And you see there... Um, what happens when they're filled with the Holy Spirit is they begin to speak in a heavenly language or a different language. So the biblical pattern we see in Scripture is evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you begin to speak in tongues. And this confuses a lot of people. And a lot of people shy away from this because a lot of people don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, how He operates, and what He does in our lives. The Holy Spirit is never going to speak anything that is not in concert with the Spirit of our Lord Jesus. Ever. 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 Now you ask me, Josh, why does God choose to manifest the baptism of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life this way? My answer is, I have no idea. 
I don't know why. I just assume he'd made us all grow glint, like grow uh, glow uh, green or yellow or you know get some kind of sparkle dust about us. But for some reason, he chose to do this. What's interesting is when you begin to speak in tongues, it can go two different ways. You can literally be speaking in a language that's known by men that you might not know yourself. Like in the book of Acts, when they were speaking in tongues, it said that people from all over, all the nations were gathered together and they each heard the gospel. They each heard those people speaking in their own native language. That can happen. And it can also, you can also be speaking in a heavenly language for which there is no interpretation for this side of the spiritual realm. Um, I know I was praying in the spirit one time and uh, I just kept repeating this phrase over and over and over again and the Lord kind of pointed it out to me. So I kind of wrote down what I thought it sounded like and I did a quick Google search and looked it up and it turns out I was speaking Egyptian and I was speaking the phrase I make all things new. So the Lord can speak through you You can speak a different language that's known on this earth. And he can give you a a heavenly language that there's absolutely no interpretation for. Unless you see something like what happened. Whether he gives you the interpretation personally or someone in a corporate setting gives that interpretation too. Um, But he chooses to do it that way. Acts chapter 2 is a very important passage of scripture, guys. Acts 2, verse 38 and 39. Peter's speaking to this crowd out the window in the book of Acts. And he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's salvation. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as a separate act in your life. This wording is very important. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you guys. It's for me. It's for all of us. Not for the spiritual VIP or pastoral staff or a leadership team. His power and his operation is available to absolutely everyone. He's a gift that the Spirit gives. He's a gift. He's a gift. And he says, it's not just for you, but for your children. Anytime in Scripture you see something that's passed down from one generation to the next... And if you do a study on the wording here, you'll see that the, the implication is that it's a continual passing through generations for you, your children, children's children, and on it goes. On it goes. There's no stopping. No stopping it. It kind of shoots down the theory that everything that the Holy Spirit did in the book of Acts died off after the apostles died off. That's not true. We are still in operation now under the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the book of Acts. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Same power, same presence, same anointing. We still have it. For all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now how many people do you think all means? Every one of them. Every one of them. Um... I know some people come from a background where we're okay with, in, in theory with the Holy Spirit and His operation, but the speaking in th- tongues thing kind of throws us off a little bit. I want to show you a pattern in Scripture that shows that this is, this is what we see set as a pattern, as the initial evidence of be, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not an initial fill of the Holy Spirit that you get when you're saved, where He comes in and breathes breath on your spirit and brings you back to life. It's a different experience. What I'm talking about is an experience that's separate 
from the salvation experience. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 10. Peter talking to a completely different group of people. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And here's how they knew. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of them being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Just as we have. They received Him. They speak in tongues just as we have. Um, Acts chapter 19 is another great example in Scripture. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them like it was just a normal experience. Hey, did you guys receive this Holy Spirit when you... They answered, no. We haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. And he explained, you need to be... People, he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on him, on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Boom, 12 people filled with the Holy Spirit, all speaking in tongues, began to prophesy. Um, the, the scripture that I read you in the beginning, Acts chapter 2, is another example. 120 people filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them and gave them utterance. Romans eight twenty six. This is the last verse of scripture. We're going to read before we pray. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray, or we don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the heart, our hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. One of the most powerful things that the Holy Spirit does is He gives us the ability to know how to pray when we don't know how to pray. When you pray in the Spirit, Scripture says that you are instantly, immediately, without fault, praying in the perfect will of God. Because the Holy Spirit and God are one. And when the Holy Spirit intercedes through you, He does so in perfect concert with the will of God with groans that we can't understand. Talking about praying in the Spirit. I really felt, even before last week, that God wanted to pour His Spirit out on us as a church, corporately, in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. I believe that there are people here this morning that God wants to give a fresh outpouring of His Holy Spirit. You know, there was a time in the book of Acts where the people were praying because they were, they were kind of, they were getting a little scared because of the persecution that was coming against them. And they asked God to fill them up with boldness so that they could preach His Word without fear. And it said that the Holy Spirit came on them and refilled them, shook the place where they were, and they were filled with the Spirit of God and with boldness. He can refill you with boldness, with strength, with power and with anointing and take you from level to level in His Spirit. Amen? And there's some of you here this morning that have never experienced the operation of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're saved. You love God. 
but you find yourself repetitively wrestling with sin and issues in your life and you can't get freedom over that. You open up the Word of God and you're trying to read it and you're trying to, to learn what the Bible says, but it, it's, it's, it's not jumping off the page at you like you want it to. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates the Word. Once, once He has baptized you and filled you, it's like, it, the only thing that I can equate it to, it is like becoming saved all over again only to the 10th power. Your sensitivity to the Spirit of God, go, I mean, goes to the 10th power. Um, the, the Word of God speaks to you in a, in a whole new way. And some of you guys have not experienced that yet. God wants you to experience the baptism of His Holy Spirit this morning, whether for the first time or us being refilled as believers who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour His Spirit out on us this morning. So this is what I want to do. I'm not going to draw out the altar call. I'm just going to open it up like this because I really believe this is what God wants to do for us today. And I don't want anyone in this place to miss out on what God wants to do. Now, I'm not trying to get 100% participation, but I'm telling you it would be beautiful to see all of us up here seeking after an outpouring of the Spirit of God on our lives. Amen? If any other time in history we need the power of God moving through His church to impact this world. Amen? And if LifePoint Church wants to make the impact in our community, if we want to make the impact in our own personal worlds, and if we want to see God take our walk with Him to the place that I know He desires for it to be, the gatekeeper to all of that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's the best friend you'll ever know. He's the best friend you'll ever know. And if you don't know Him, I want you to know Him today. And if it's been a while... If it's been a while since you've stepped out in operation in the gifts of the Spirit or had the fruit of the Spirit in your life, it's been a while, it's been a while since you've had the Spirit of God move in you. I want the Spirit of God to burn in you like a fresh fire today. And if He's burning in you like an intense fire today, I want to see you burn hotter and brighter and operate in a level of the Spirit that you never have before. I believe, I believe, that God wants to do something powerful in our lives today. Okay? So this is what I want to do. I want to open up this altar area to all of us. If you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you have been, but you want a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God on your life, I want to open these altars up on the count of three. Don't wait for somebody else. If God's speaking to you, come on up. I would love to see all of us dive into the presence of God this morning. We're going to pray for you, and we're going to let God move. Nobody's going to try to force anything to happen. If they do, you'll see me stop them. Okay, this is going to be God moving in our lives, and it's going to be a beautiful, and it's going to be a pure thing by the Spirit of God. Amen? So, if that's you this morning, and I want it to be all of us, on the count of three, I want you to get out of your seats. I want you to come line up here at the front in this altar area, and we're going to pray and seek the face of God. Nobody really has to pray for you. God can move before anybody ever prays for you. Don't miss out on this. I want to see us all receive what God wants to do. On the count of three, one, two, three. Get out of your seats and come to the front.